Welcome to the Liberty Experts Podcast, where all your liberty questions are answered, discussed, and debated by experts. Now, here are your liberty experts, Tim Moen and David Birnbaum. Hey, Tim. How's it going? Hey, David. It's going pretty good, man. I've had my coffee. I've got my Nicorette here. I don't think I'm throwing any PVCs. Uh, premature ventricular contraction. So I've found that right balance. Yeah, doing good. Doing good. Bud. Very nice. Very nice. Um, today, we wanted to do another user submitted topic. So I'll encourage anyone if they yeah. want their topics to be discussed, head over to the libertyexperts.com, support us on Subscribestar, and you guys can submit topics for our coverage as well. Um, this We're going to kind of cut this into two parts. Um, one is about speaking truth as you see it. And then the second part is about kind of, okay, within that, what types of truths should we focus on and why? Um, so I'll read the, the first half of this submitted comment and, and we can talk about it. Um, I'd love to hear a discussion about whether or not you think it is always a good idea to speak the truth as you see it and whether choosing to self-censor or moderate your beliefs often stems from a mindset of fear. I think socialism and other kinds of statism are a product of a mindset based on fear. And I think humanity's greatest flaw is our tendency to project our fears into reality by letting them dominate and dictate our interpretation of the world and the choices we make. The evidence for this is clear when it comes to the state, as all of the criticisms of a free society actually end up being extremely accurate of criticisms of a society under the hand of a managerial state. I think the... I think this mindset of fear also affects libertarians, as I believe it is our deep fear of the state that prevents us often from effectively fighting the state. For example, I sometimes feel like the libertarian party in the US has a bad habit of choosing messaging based on what they think people want to hear rather than messaging based on what people need to hear. Imagine a politician that instead of schmoozing the public and making attempts to appeal to their sense of victimhood, ridiculed them and told them they'd be lucky to have a libertarian in charge. Maybe that's taking the idea too far, but I think being unapologetic in your beliefs garners huge respect from people, even when they disagree with what you're saying. Yeah. Um, so that's the first half. And I just want to say he asked a question and then made it very clear what his view is. So I hope that doesn't cloud <laughs> our views and we can still yeah. talk about it uh, from both sides, let's say. Yeah. I mean, there, there was a great essay by Sam Harris called lying, right? Where he talks about, um, you know, always telling the truth and never even telling a white lie. And, you know, he even makes a case where some people break into your house and, you know, want to know something that's going to get your family hurt or something like that. Uh, you know, I don't think I, I would go that far about telling the truth where my, my kids hanging out, you know, I, I you know, I, I don't have any problem lying to uh, evildoers, let's say. Um, you know, I, like, I, I don't think I would have much problem lying about my taxes or something like that. People that want to get a hold of my property, but <laughs> there is something to be said about self-censorship and when <laughs> should we do it or shouldn't we do it? Right. Should we just let all our opinions be known all the time? Um, and, and I think he makes a good point. I, I mean, I think it's generally good to tell the truth. And I think a lot of times it takes a lot of courage to tell the truth. I mean, certainly it would take a lot of courage to tell the truth in North Korea or any of these socialist um, societies. I mean, you know, thought control is kind of a hallmark of these societies and 
having to think a certain way about the dear leader and the nation and um, that sort of thing. I mean, you have to toe the line. I mean, just look at what's going on in China right now with the, the Uyghurs um, who kind of have their own religion and their own way of thinking that doesn't fall in line with the state and they're being put into re-education camps and uh, it sounds like a lot of them are being killed. Uh, that that just shows you how, how much courage it takes there. It's becoming more and more difficult to be it's it's requiring more and more courage to be truthful in our society as well. And that's probably an indication of how bad things are getting and, and why we need the truth, right? We need the guy standing in front of the tank at Tiananmen Square. You know, people need to have courage if, if we're going to get anywhere. Um, and, you know, I've talked about this in a previous podcast about my struggles with courage and finding courage um, to, to tell the truth when I have a career, uh, on the line. Right. And, and where I'm being looked at for higher and higher level um, positions and roles in, in my organization, having the wrong think uh, can dramatically impact my ability to flourish. But at the same time, I have kids and I'm going to have grandkids eventually. And, you know, my ability to, to find that courage and grab my balls and tell the truth um, their future is kind of contingent on that to some degree. So, so um, I'd like to hear your thoughts, David. Yeah, I think it's let's in terms of, should you speak the truth? The answer is almost always yes. Right. Like I, again, I don't agree with Sam Harris that it's literally that Um, I think, you know, people should also check out our episodes on honesty and integrity because honesty in the objectivist sense, isn't, never lie it's you can't fake reality you have to fully face what's going on and be fully aware of it but you know if you want to if you need to lie to save your wife's life that's acceptable right Right. but you should never fake reality you should call it like you see it and the virtue of integrity having integrity is doing that is sticking to your beliefs sticking to your views having that courage and it's really tough and it is getting tougher we're very lucky that we're not yet actively fighting the state. We're just fighting other factions of the culture who think that the state should fight us as well. Um, But it's always important to speak truth. It's always important to stick to your convictions, but it's not easy. And I think it's also, you know, there is a broader context to take into consideration. Like if you're in China and you're not fighting and you're not speaking the truth because you don't want to die, that's probably valid. And it's hard to know what is the right thing to do in a dictatorship. There's not, there's often not a right answer, but in a society as free as ours, yes, I think you should. You should because you want the society you want, right? You want to change things. You want to build a proper world. And you can't do that if you refuse to speak of what that world should look like. Um, Yeah. And, There's a really powerful essay Ayn Rand wrote. Um, I think it's called The Inexplicable Personal Alchemy. And it's about Soviet dissidents and them fighting in Soviet Russia at the time. And, you know, why they cared about their free speech, why they cared, even though they knew it was hopeless. And it's really powerful. And it really, I think, captures, even in those terrible situations, how it can still be valuable and still be really important. Yeah, thank God for the people that grabbed grabbed their balls and found the courage to do it. I mean, they they suffered great personal cost to do it, right? Um, Thaddeus Russell has a book called The Renegade History of 
the United States where he makes the case that it's always the rogues, the renegades, the, 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 like, the pimps, the drug dealers, the, the degenerates in a society that actually advance the culture and advance freedom in a society. Um, so I, I think there's a case you can make that uh, you, you can suffer horrible personal costs of not having like personal success um, in order to speak truth. So, I mean, you know, the other thing I wanted to address is in, you know, how blunt should you be to people and, and how, how the method at which you communicate the truth. And I think, you know, we, we've talked a little bit on this podcast about persuasion techniques, right? Like, is your goal to persuade people? If that's your goal, how should you tell the truth, right? Is it, you know, and, and I've talked about how I think that, um, one thing I've learned is that people don't really care what you know until they know that you care, right? And so it's important to connect with their concerns about the world and then connect them to the truth that you think will will address those concerns. So, you know, your your comments about the Libertarian Party in the States are, are well taken. I'm not a big fan of some of the things that are coming out <laughs> on social media, but a lot of them are taken out of context as well. You know, Joe Jorgensen said, it's not enough to be um, passively not racist. We have to be actively anti-racist or something like that. Well, that was a quote that was pulled out of a speech where she was actually quoting someone else. So it was someone else's quote that she quoted in a speech and one small part of her speech. But, you know, you could argue that it's an important thing for her to address right now because that is in the cultural milieu right now. That's what people are talking about. They're talking about the issue of race and racism. A lot of normies are concerned about it. Libertarians, if we want to tell our truth, we have to address those concerns. And Joe has done a decent job, I think, of talking about what the libertarian solution is, which is in qualified immunity. She's pointed out numerous times that um, government has been the biggest perpetrator of racism, you know, and that the free market does a much better job of, of diminishing racism and discrimination uh, because people are more interested in making profits than they are in being racist um, and, and all these points. Right. So, so her message has been libertarian right down the line, but she didn't come right out and say, um, uh, you know, she, she is addressing people's concerns and then she's connecting them with what the libertarian message is. I think that's legitimate, but I also think there's, it's just as legitimate to be completely blunt and be one of these people that says, you know, there's no, there's, there really isn't systemic racism anymore. And, you know, we need to, you know, like Walter Williams and, and Thomas Sowell, two black scholars say this all the time and they're very blunt and it's very effective coming from them for sure. Um, and, you know, we've talked before as well about the libertarian personality. You know, we are hyper-masculine thinkers, according to Jonathan Haidt, very logical. We take emotion out of it. So a libertarian, someone who's predisposed with our personality types where we're hyper-masculine thinkers, if they hear blunt messaging, uh, even harsh messaging, that's kind of uh, like an ad hominem, has ad hominems mixed in. We're, we're looking for the nugget of truth and we'll see it in that blunt messaging. And so blunt messaging might be more likely to convince or attract a person like David or myself, but it might be far less likely to attract a normie who's out there in the world and who has been inundated with leftist culture. And that's the language they speak. If we want to reach them, we have to speak their language to pull them out of that to some degree. So I think it's, there's not one mode that you have to be, uh, do what you're good at. And if being blunt is what you're good at, be blunt unapologetically. I've certainly have become more direct and blunt over the years um, doing this because I think there's no point in trying to 
uh, worry too much about how people are perceiving your message. So this factors into part of his, uh, like the other part of this that we not, didn't touch on yet is the fear aspect. Are people mm. not willing to speak truth because of fear? It's interesting that you say you've become more blunt because I've become much less blunt because I used to just be totally blunt, right to the point. And I learned, yeah, I still hold similar values, but if I want to actually achieve them in the world, there is something to be said about you know, curating your message to your audience. So you still have the same message, yep. but you communicate it in a way they can hear it. And it's again, it's each person has to make that determination for themselves. And each person has to know what they're trying to achieve with their messaging, right? Um, but that's not the same as not saying what you want to say, right? right so it's, right. it's a, like content versus method, right? You don't change the content, but you can change the method of communication. But, you know, I do think the reason people don't and the reason people can go too far with that is because of fear. I think many people I talk to, many young people who share a lot of our views won't talk about it because they're scared. They're scared of the culture. They're scared of the Twitter storm and the cancel culture. And I think that is a lot of what goes on. And, you know, from my perspective, and I think from, uh, you know, many objectivist perspective, though I can't speak for any of them, his point about the Libertarian Party might be valid, right? The, to the degree you try to play politics, you yes. have to kind of subvert your own messaging a bit to be attractive to the mainstream because the mainstream's been inculcated with a certain viewpoint. And so like objectivism's view, or at least like, you know, the Ayn Rand Institute and stuff, it's very much like, no, no, no we're just going to have our small, small little thing and it'll slowly grow. And that's the only way to do it. Um, yeah. But they do still, they like they put out their messages. They're very not fearful of their messaging going out, but no one's paying any attention or very few right. people are paying attention. And so it's like, what is that balance? I think it's hard, but I think for a lot of people, uh, yeah, he hit the nail on the head. They are scared. They're too scared to be honest with the world, but you know, they're often scared to be honest with themselves, right? A lot of honesty starts with being honest with yourself first and foremost. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I mean, look, you, you just have to think about you, you have this truth, you want to get it across to people as as clearly as you can, and as impactfully as you can, you're standing in front of an audience, like, like just imagine yourself at a can't all candidates forum, where you have a group of 300 audience members who have all come there to hear what the political candidates have to say and what their answers are, and you have about a minute to say it. Okay, there are good ways and bad ways to tell your truth in that situation, right? Uh, and we, you ought to consider the audience, be a little bit empathetic with them, understand that what they're going to hear from your mouth is very foreign to them. And so to try to, um, you know, figure out a way to say that in a way that they're going to receive it and not immediately turn you off, right? And, and there are tricks you can do like, um, you know, let them know that you're very concerned about poor people. You're very concerned about the environment. You're very concerned about all the things that they're concerned about. And here's how libertarianism is the answer. Okay. So you let them know what, that you care about the same things they do. You share all their concerns very deeply before you tell them taxation is theft, right? You don't come right out of the gate maybe with taxation is theft in that audience. So. Yeah. And so I wanted this segues now well into his second, the second half of his submitted comment, but before I just want to add a note in terms of what comes to mind of like speaking truth is Kanye West's famous George Bush doesn't care about black people. 
he that was his belief he thought it was important to get it out and i don't know the right. details of what was going on at the time but you know that took a lot of courage to use his platform to get that out there like mm. whatever you think of kanye or, or or things generally that just comes to mind to me is doing something like that is very 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 tough and and but it's important and and the more people do it the easier. well and, and there's so. an interesting point to be made here too in something like just spouting your opinion uh, like your knee jerk opinion uh honestly all the time isn't the best policy either right and that's kind of what Kanye does he has no filter he has no fear when maybe he should have a little bit of not fear, but a little bit of but concern about whether spoke. his thoughts are are well organized and whether he's thought this through fully and that sort of thing. Like, if if you haven't thought something through fully, if you haven't explored the the context of the situation that you're you're uh, opining about, um, maybe take a pause. Make sure that you've laid out your arguments that it follows that you've yeah. looked at all the facts before you go out and tell the truth, your truth to the world, you know, boldly, right? Uh, just make sure that, that your, your truth is the truth. <laughs> right. And I'll give Kanye the benefit of the doubt. Like he's, he's bipolar. He's not mentally yeah. well and people don't right. remember sure. that, um, which I think is important. Um, so his second point is around kind of the actual then, okay, we've decided to speak truth and, you know, libertarians in particular, but how do you decide what truth is worth speaking? So he says, you could say something like, I believe taxation is theft, or you can say, I believe we should get rid of driver's licenses. And this person right. puts forward that, you know, most people can wrap their head around the moral hazards of taxation, which I don't agree with, but, um, or they at least know that, you know, the public se sector wastes money. But on the other hand, are you really going to, argue with them right now for the privatizations of roads, right? right. Um, when libertarians are telling the public what they think they want to hear, they aren't speaking truth to power and they're not doing their job. But when they do try to speak truth to power, they do it in a backwards way. Driver's licenses, really? Is that even, quote, truth? Is that hmm. really important? Um, yeah. And so I didn't quote it all, but that kind of captures the gist of it is that, okay, there's lots of truth as well. That's the other yeah, thing. There's yeah. an infinite amount of truth. And how do we decide what truth is worth talking about? So again, it's sure. not just the core things, but what are the key messages? What do you focus on? Yeah, no, I think that's a, a very good point about driver's licenses and taxi. You know, you're right, David, in that people aren't ready to hear, you know, a lot of people can't wrap their head around taxation and theft. I think he's right, though, that a lot of people can, or at least it's an easier argument to make than abolish driver's licenses or something. And that's not even really a libertarian argument. Like, you know, there, there's going to be some sort of, even if we have private roads, there's going to be something similar to a driver's license that shows you have competency at driving. Uh, you know, you will have had to pass a driver's test at some point before a road owner is going to let you on their road. Uh, so whatever you show them is going to be similar to a license um, <laughs> at the end of the day. So that's kind of a silly thing to argue about. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, the, 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 there's what, there's what I want people to know uh, about Liberty and there's the, there's the things that I want to promote, but then I have to recognize that they're emerged that they're 
immersed in a media cycle where right now it's about George Floyd's death or right now it's about, um, you know, Kamala Harris or right now it's about this. And so I think what we have to do as libertarians is speak contemporaneously, like we're in this culture too. And if we want to pull people out of it, we have to address their concerns about this or that and tell them a libertarian perspective on it and how libertarianism addresses their concerns. So I think it's good to talk about um, what you want to talk about, whether it's theft or privatizing roads, if that's an area of expertise, that that is a difficult thing to make. So you want to be a bit of an expert at communicating that. Uh, But if that's your area of expertise, talk about it, but also you know, talk to people about what they're concerned about right now and what's on their mind and what causes them anxiety and talk about how libertarian connects to that. So I think, um, yeah, I think he makes a good point there. Yeah. And I think that's really the key thing is, okay, there's, there's a different issue if we want to talk about, okay, what should the libertarian party focus on? Right. Right. And that, yeah, they have to prioritize. They have to think, okay, maybe we shouldn't talk about privatization of roads, but in terms of how each person can speak truth, how each person should conduct themselves, it's about being certain or, and confident in your view of the world and in your values. And when things come up, speaking truth about that, right? So yes. it's not like you should think, oh, privatization of roads is the most important thing. And every conversation I have, I'm going to bring up yeah, privatization yeah. of roads. Or every conversation I have, I'm going to bring up taxation is theft, right? Or I was actually talking to a friend yesterday about, okay, if I start interviewing politicians and um, journalists, you know, if they're interested in any government program, I'm just going to, my response is just, well, the, the government should ju- just not do any of this. I'm like, well, that's not a useful conversation to have. I'll just right. be beating my head against the wall, right? So you have to figure out, okay, no, what are the key messages? But I just need to kind of bring my perspective to the things people are talking about. I need to be mm-hmm. honest and have integrity about what I believe. And, and this is a really key point about the virtue of integrity is you also, yeah. you don't have to always tell them what your view is, but you right. should never let them think you agree with them if you don't. And so yes. you, you don't need to waste 10 minutes telling someone why taxation is theft, but you can just tell them, actually, I disagree that we should just have the social program as a given. I disagree. And you don't have a yeah. duty to tell them everything. And so it's important. Yeah, you don't want to focus on any specific thing generally. And that's another thing about like bluntness and messaging and stuff. You have to know your audience. You have to know what you're talking about. And Mm -hmm. so you want to kind of have your broad view of, you know, what are your beliefs and stuff so you can bring that context to people about what they care about. I think that's the key thing. But no, that's a point about like, you know, what should the party focus on and that sort right. of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, look, there's a lot libertarians can learn. I think a lot of libertarians are on the uh, on the autism spectrum or something because they, they don't get social cues, right? Like, I don't, I don't know how many libertarian conventions I've been at where I've had a guy right within my personal space going on and on and on about whatever privatization of roads, let's say, and he's given me an hour-long soup to nuts you know, and I, I, he's preaching to the choir. Like I'm with you, bro. Like you don't need to, but I could just imagine him talking to a normie and their eyes glazing over and looking yeah. like, how the hell am I going to get out of this conversation? You know? So I think it's important to be, be appropriate. Right. And, and so for example, at work, you know, if, if my coworkers are complaining about what the, the provincial monopoly on ambulance services, the latest orders or policies that they're implementing and how, uh, how they feel powerless and, and how it's 
going to affect morale and all this kind of stuff. I don't talk to them about how we ought to have free market, private ambulances and this and that and lay out the case from soup to nuts and spend an hour trying to explain it to them. No, I, I sympathize with them. And I said, wouldn't it be great if, if things were a little bit more decentralized? Like if we could just get back control in our own municipality like th- this tendency to continually centralize things kind of seems to lead to these results. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Okay. I planted a seed there. I don't need to go any further. I don't need to convert them to a, an anarcho-capitalist right then and there. I planted a seed. Maybe there'll be an opening later. Uh, but you know, I, I certainly don't want to like go on and on about, um, uh, you know, about like inane ep- epistemological and- his- syllogisms or something, you know? And I think this connects back to his point about fear, but from the opposite side, because, you know, the idea that was put forward was that, well, like libertarians stick to the kind of gentle talking points out of fear of being the fringe person talking about uh, their specific issues. But being the fringe person talking about your specific issue is also something that comes from fear, because I'm certain about this thing and I just need to reiterate this thing because I'm not comfortable talking about everything. I'm not comfortable just being open and having my views and stuff. And so I was much more kind of dogmatic in my views when I was less confident because I just needed to recite the facts that I knew for certain that in my mind were unquestionable because I didn't, I was too scared to have a hole potentially poked or to talk about a topic I knew less. And it's really scary to say, look, I know this is right, but I'm not certain how to explain it to you right now. And like, those are two different things. Being able to know something and being able to communicate and persuade are two different levels. And so it comes from fear when people are very kind of rigid in this is my issue. I'm just going to talk about this all the time. And if you don't agree, you're wrong. It's no, you have to be, have a, have a confidence in your approach generally and be okay with not being certain about every aspect of it and saying, you know what, I disagree. I'm not certain why. Let me think about it a bit more. And, and to have that is one, hugely beneficial because they'll actually be receptive that you're not dogmatic, that you are thinking about these things. But it's another aspect of how, yeah, if you're the taxation is theft guy and that's all you talk about, that also can come from fear of, that not that's your identity you're the taxation theft guy you can't have someone poke a hole in it god forbid or whatever so i think that's an important point as well no that's a that's a really good point and and also there is you know i realized when i was a let's say a social media warrior just bashing people over the head with logic and saying things like oh you're okay with killing me if i don't want to do this or you know like just like bashing people over the head and calling them libtards and whatever, owning them on social media. I wasn't persuading anyone. I, I had, I was telling them the, a blunt truth harshly, uh, but I was doing that out of there's a, a fear of taking my, my principles and beliefs seriously. And I realized that when I stepped into the political arena and now I'm standing in front of 300 people at this community hall and they're just all listening with rapt ears and super curious about what I had to say and what am I going to come out there and say are you a bunch of libtards do I you think I should be jailed for blah 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 you idiots like okay that's one way of communicating but if I took my belief seriously and I really wanted to connect with these people who had a genuine curiosity I'd think about how to connect with them heart and mind 
and persuade them of my powerful truth, right? And and so you're right. Like quite often, um, people hide behind blunt and harsh language because they're afraid that if they they actually got into a constructive dialogue with an, a curious uh, person, that they might <laughs> realize that, that they don't know everything that, that they thought they knew, and they're not as good at communicating as they thought. So um, so so that's a really good point, I think. Yeah, and I want to just end on like the the should you speak the truth is a secondary factor after should you seek the truth, right? right. You have to be consistently looking for the mm-hmm. truth and you can be certain about some things. You can know you have the truth, you have knowledge about some things. But if you're not in the mindset that I'm always looking for the truth, that's right. what that's what causes all of this other stuff. That's what causes this fear. If you're more concerned about protecting your truth than finding the truth, and you Absolutely. have to find it before you can communicate it to others. So it's it's that mindset. You have to know something before you can communicate it. I think that's a really important point to hit on. Absolutely. And and if you go into a conversation one on one, face to face with someone, where you're trying to persuade them, if you're if you're not willing to be persuaded yourself, you can't expect them to be, right? So you have to lead with that attitudinal disposition of being open to change your mind if they give you good arguments and that you're a truth seeker first. And so, uh, you know, think of all your sacred beliefs about taxation and theft and all these kinds of things. And they could be, and just go into that conversation with the attitude of, I could be wrong about this. And here's, and even tell them how they could convince you to be wrong. You know, like I've thought about this quite a bit. Like how could someone convince me that, um, you know, government has a right to initiate force? Well, maybe you could show me like an MRI scan of a brain before and after a politician gets elected and they've got some extra cortex or part of their brain now that makes them like superhuman that gives them extra rights that might be a step in the right direction you know i just try to do this mental exercise where i think how could they falsify my beliefs uh and i don't think i think if you don't know how your beliefs could be falsified then you know your beliefs are held very tenuously and maybe you're you're on not on as solid ground as you think yeah so i think we covered it quite well i want to thank this person for submitting their suggestion. This was a really interesting conversation and led to some connections I'd not made before. So thanks for the person that submitted. And if any of you want to submit your topics, head over to thelibertyexperts.com and you can support us there. And we'd love to hear from you. You'll get bonus content, submit your topics, and even have an opportunity to chat with Tim and I sometimes. Beauty.